Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the debrief. After our episode about World War Three and machines, sci-fi stuff, Dimitri Kofinas. Uh, I guess it was like half Terminator, half dystopian World War Three movie, half The Matrix. Those are three halves. It doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things in that episode. <laughs> where do you want to start? Oh God, I don't know. Where do we want to start? I do appreciate where we ended up, and I said this at the end of the episode, like. It's all going down to the layer zero at the end of the day. And you could hear it in Dimitri's voice where he got really animated. And he's like, and I feel like this is why we kind of align with Dimitri. It's like, yeah, talk about finance, talk about money. We can talk about ultrasound money. Ultrasound money only works when we have a functioning society, people. Like, well, it's, uh, here's something that's um, pretty recent, right? Which is this whole conversation in crypto about Ethereum, about OFAC sanctions. And what happens if a whole bunch of ETH is staked in centralized staking providers and the staking providers want to run a sensor, uh, OFAC Geth, uh, for example, right? A version of Geth, Ethereum client that um, blacklists a whole bunch of ETH addresses and censors them, essentially. They're on the OFAC list. Okay, what does the community do? It decides at the layer zero that censorship resistance is valuable to it. And it runs different software that does not have those OFAC sanctions. Individuals do this. People running validators. There's a social consensus layer to this thing. And they only choose to do that if they choose to care about and prioritize censorship resistance. So ultimately, the immutability, the censorship resistance of your chain rests on layer zero. And this doesn't matter if you're Bitcoin or Ethereum or Solana or Cardano or Tron, or any of them. It's all back to layer zero. The same exact system is in place with uh, proof-of-work mining pools Well, it scales, it scales beyond that because as we're talking about laws, with, with nation-state and so laws the layer zero are layer zero technology. Laws only exist based yes, on the values does. of the people that create the Thank social you. system that laws are based on. It goes away. And if everyone decides this it's law like is unjust, EIP what happens for the, the for the legal system? It goes away. People decide to not do it. Yep, it's a, basically a user-activated fork, and they're like, "This law is unjust. We'll no longer do it. We're going to go, you know, storm and you know, do whatever. We're good. civil disobedience, right? Uh, you know, so this is. I think that is a, a shared a shared alignment. There is we we very much uh, believe in kind of the the value system, the deepest hidden force of them all. We, for uh, we did a podcast where like we did actually zero. Kevin Awaki did a podcast with yeah. this guest uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger. Who, yes, I was who were very jealous, that. Kevin. Yeah, um, which we're jealous of your guest, Kevin. We labeled him. what <laughs> the Unabomber was Unabombing about. Why the Unabomber was who he was is because he saw that there's two conclusions to off. technology: the access to globally destructive technology becomes so democratized. That just like it takes one bad apple to cause like a terrible virus or it takes like one person to make a nuclear bomb in their garage because technology is so pervasive that we have that ability to do that. And therefore, we blow up the world in order to prevent this. The way that we prevent this is we have totalitarian states that control everything that we do. Like these are the two forks in the road, like I, I, two attractors. Yeah. So Daniel Schmachtenberger calls this two the attractors. He calls them. And the idea is that Kevin Awaki and Daniel Schmachtenberger are trying to bring is like, OK, well, Destiny's effed either, either way. We need to manifest a new destiny. We need to build our new destiny by building a tr an attractor, a, a, like a basin of attraction 
that is equal, equally as powerful or more powerful than these other two attractors and we need to have a point society there. And that third basin of attraction needs to be good. It needs to be one that enables for individual freedom and autonomy that doesn't come at the cost of... Uh, that that it, yes well I can't remember what the other side of the equation is that enables individual freedom and autonomy that doesn't have a totalitarian state like uh, involved. Yeah, total. It can't be totalitarian, and it can't be like like chaos. It can't be like no rules. It can't be like complete anarchy. It, you know, it has to it has to provide a base level of security and safety, or else the population goes like, um, if there were like terrorist attacks and nuclear attacks, but you had like quote unquote freedom. You would choose to slide some freedom to a lot more on the scale yeah. towards like, no, I want security, please. And I'll give up some, because that's not real freedom. If you, if you have to worry about your life all the time, that's not freedom. So we can't live in an anarchy, but then like these technologies, uh, to you know, Daniel's point are making it such that, um, can, can we actually live in a free society when we have these decentralized technologies that like you, you could launch a, a virus from your, you know, from your a, a lab in your garage, for example, that can impact millions of people. Uh, can we live with these technologies and have a free society or do we have to resort to a surveillance state? So this third attractor is the idea here. And I think crypto plays a part of that story. But the story of Ted Kaczynski is kind of weird, huh? Oh, I didn't know he was so, alive. You know, he's 80. He's in federal prison somewhere. He's still alive. Yeah. And he is, uh, this is the Unabomber. This is, what did he do this in the 80s or early right. 90s? Yeah, he I was like remember. one of these super He's like a math that... prodigy. Like uh, he's a mathematics uh, like professor a snake that ended up biting his tail a little bit too much. Yeah. And he, uh, he was a mathematics pr prodigy. I'm looking at Wikipedia, but abandoned his academic, uh, career to pursue, pursue a primitive life. Did I see, I think it's somewhere is maybe it's on Reddit. I saw Ted Kaczynski's house preserved. It's like this like cabin in the woods, yeah. like super rustic. And he went full Luddite. He went full like anti-technology. He was like, and I think that was part of his terrorist attacks were basically like, I'm going to target people, right. people who are, that are advancing you know, smart, the frontier of tech technology. because we need so to I don't stop know all the details. So fact check the guys. Lead to destruction. Right. But what you read was a, a very, in, what you read in the episode right. was a very poignant uh, set your of paragraphs from him about our future and these four. It does because we're seeing it play out. And he wrote this in the in the eighties, early nineties, something like this. And now here we are. We are like relative fast forward thirty years. We are much more subservient to the machines than we were thirty years ago. To operate, we to live in society off. without a phone is now, to not live in society. Like if you do not have a phone or access to the internet, you don't exist. To, David, how many conversations do we have a day about like, oh, Most like time, we got to yeah. find a way to appease the algorithm? We have right? to appease like, YouTube. Just in the content game. We have game. to appease Twitter. We're always uh, like, oh, what's the algorithm? Yeah, man. Well, we found out like, um, right. like earlier this week, like Bankless had been shadow banned. Like our Bankless Twitter account had been shadow banned for something. And like, we don't know why, but that just means what Bankless HQ doesn't show up in people's Bad searches in Twitter. We've been deprioritized. Maybe it's because of something. Did I, did I say something we said that was bad? I, I don't know. It's a black box, right. or right. or maybe we were talking about the OFAC sanctions on Bankless HQ. We got deprioritized that way. I don't know. Or maybe it was just because like um, a whole bunch of people reported us because we said something bad about um, the Cardano ecosystem, which we never do. By the way, never do that. 
Uh, and then like reported our account, maybe that's why, but we don't know. And so we have to like appease the gods. We have to appease the algorithms. They own us. They are programming us rather than us programming them. And in that aspect, like it's like Ted Kaczynski was onto something. Um, nope. but like, there's no stopping that train. Is there? I mean, like what if we can't go back in time? Like I'm not going to a cabin in the woods. Are you? Yeah. So, I mean, just on vacation, maybe. Well, have I you ever thought about that? Or like, you're like with, deep uh, sigh. You're thinking about it. My friend Anthony, who now lives on a farm. And like, one of my questions to him is like, all right, what are you doing about this? Like food crisis. And he goes like, well, there's no coincidence that I live on a farm. Like I, he, like he, he's creating this like bubble of self, um, self sustenance that he doesn't depend on any external factors to live. And I think that's, that's like, there's going to be a pocket, like call that a Luddite, even though he's like got an internet with a computer, but like, there's like this, and there's a little bit of a balance here that I see some people that I really respect. My San Diego friends are these people that are very in in touch, in touch with some of these conversations. It's like, how do they leverage technology to run their business and like improve their lives? And then also, how do you turn off your phone when you come home to like your girlfriend or wife? And uh, and so like on on one side totally. you have this like technology enabled yeah. individual, and on the other side you have this like hunter gatherer that happens to live in a in a house. That's what I want. I trick out of that having to live in the house. You you almost have to do that, right? I mean, because um, they're always reaching out to you. They're always notifying you. They're always like triggering that endorphin rush of like, come back to the screen. <laughs> come look at me. You know, someone said something you. you might not agree with on Twitter. And so you have to respond. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's constant. So. I see that, but like, I think I've told you this, this creeping feeling that I've had for a long time, whenever I think about kind of like China's system versus, you know, the, the, the liberal classically liberal democracy system is like, I sort of worry that maybe China has better product market fit for this century in that, like it's slide deck does look pretty good. Like, look at the numbers, look at the metrics, look at the growth. I mean, if you even go back to like, remember that episode we did with Richard Turin on cashless, the Chinese central bank digital currency. I was like, well, you guys are, if, if the goal is to actually um, bank the unbanked and that there's been a they're number doing of, it um, and they're doing it better than crypto I can't remember, right I th- now. It was at the most recent conference I was talking to and uh, somebody who previously lived in China and maybe still did actually came to me and was like, Hey, I really appreciated that episode that you guys did because you took a very fair chance to China and like, I'm, I'm actually not really in opposition of my political governance. Like, they're doing a good job. I think there's a lot. I think there's like a lot of people in China who are like, thumbs up, like, <laughs> keep, keep going, guys. This is this is okay. This is this is. Look, I think this is a pretty big. Like, I think that um, yeah. sometimes we have to get out of kind of the like the U.S. or the Western kind of head and and look a little bit about that. Is like from their perspective, they're running in many of them. Not everyone in China. It's not like you can't paint, but like there there is the perspective that. Hey, at yeah. least we're <laughs> successfully governing the thing. Look at you guys. Look at the US. It's a complete mess. Complete mess. You have no plan. You have no way out of what you're doing. It's constantly divisive. Um, you know, and and so down and look bad. at your metrics, like all down. Like what like what's what are you going to do relative to us? So, I um it, this is sort of my worry. And then you see kind of the like the reaction to to COVID and I think like US um, policy is like 
I think like would, no matter what side you're on, like yeah. you've got to acknowledge. On the other side of things, China did weld people in U.S. policy around COVID. So I'll take the U.S. on that one, actually. But that was just so, that totally. was just because COVID wasn't so bad. It, like if COVID totally. was like ten times worse, maybe welding people in their apartments would actually. But have that's been also maybe. But like, there's also that's also the 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 approach, right? It's like if you break the social credit score will lock you out like if you say something politically divisive on Rather social media and you just will can't will go like on you, you can no longer access your bank account. worse right they're using tech for all of this they're using tech for all of this so um anyway i i don't feel like we fully reckoned with this um but i do feel like crypto is okay so here's the thing a uh, theme with demetrius no, like he's de- no. he's definitely not, he's not a crypto, crypto hater believer. So he was talking about, um, I think he's, no, he's not. I think he still is skeptical of like Balaji's Balaji's network state idea, as he told us. I think he's like, hey, don't abandon. I think he's one of of the idea that don't abandon the Western liberal democracy. Don't abandon the U.S. Like we can fix this. All we need is better leadership. And the problem is we have crappy leadership, right? Crappy leadership from all of our politicians right now. And even like there's no one you can kind of look to, but there have been times where the U.S. has kind of risen out of uh, different chaotic states and crises, and it's all been on the back of great leadership. So wait for that great leadership, back that great leadership, become that great leadership, and we can lift ourselves out. I'm a little more skeptical. I'm a little bit more like, all right, but like, why don't we just go build a well, better okay, system so as I think well? To put like, my let's Dimitri try that. Like, there was, I, I can't remember. Actually, yes, it was the era of Carnegie and Rockefeller and uh, of American his and Robert Barons, where just the returns Robert on Barons. politics yeah. was absent. And like polit- being a politician was just not in vogue. You were not cool to be in politics. And the returns on building a business was very much in vogue. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of the state of America right now is like Silicon Valley showed how much return there is. You could be a Jack Dorsey. You could be a Zuckerberg. You could be a um, Bezos. You could be a, you could be a Musk. And so like all the talent of America is going to being an entrepreneur. And like, sadly, like usually that would be a good thing, but sadly a lot of these entrepreneurial drivers are to create the algorithms that we just talked about in the podcast that would like dictate over our lives and actually create the problem. Uh, And so like when Dimitri got all animated and he's like, where are all the goddamn leaders? Where are all the politicians? They, they're trying to build businesses, <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, and the, all of the people that, uh, that like, have good ideas are doing something else other than politics. Well, okay. So let's talk about you. Let's talk I about me. I was super so why are you politically, politically motivated. I know you I were young. active at one point in time. I know. And like, and, and also I know um, we talked about this with Andrew Yang, like you're a big proponent of like, you know, some of Andrew Yang's court, but basically left to my not like you spend all of your time on like crypto and what we're doing here at bankless Uh, and very little on politics. A different game that like you couldn't optimize. One of the things I appreciate most about bankless and just being a podcaster and being in crypto is that you get to lead with authenticity. And like, that's what I, that's what I appreciate the most about like kind of what we built here is I think our community sees that. And that's why, we have like a community is like Ryan and David, whether they're on the podcast or the debrief or in person, they're the same person through and through and through. I, when I was going through to, and like learning about politics, like that was not an asset. That was a liability. Like you, you have to put on a face 
right? Oh, you have to like, be, like you, you have know, to toe, the, toe to different... the party lines, right? You you can oh. be your own individual. You have to conform. Conforming and David Hoffman does not go very well. <laughs> well, but so why is this? Is this because you pe- have to appeal to different yeah. like uh, uh, cohorts, yeah. essentially segments of support? And so, like, if you're anti-gun or whatever, right. you you can't say right. Yeah. Anything about that if you're trying to reach the the pro gun community or like vice versa? I'm just using that as an example. Maybe. Like, uh, you know, is it is it that wise? Because the job of a politician is to you have to build cohorts of support, yeah. and you can't like poison too many cohorts yeah. of support. It's, it's something or like that. There's just like a general vote, like sentiment that everyone in in politics is two faced, and this is why Donald Trump got so popular is because like he gave this like air of like this is this is me like f f off if you don't like me. And like other people looked at Hillary yeah. and be like, oh, she's a totally like, I don't know who she is behind the scenes, but she's not who she is in front of the camera. And that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. Yes, they voted for, uh, I guess, some authenticity in a way. I, um, I, I'll tell you, like, I've been interested in politics off and on, but like, I've never wanted to engage the system because I've, I've felt like it's just um, so hard to make an impact. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, there's just so much entrenchment, so much incumbency. Um, young people don't even vote. And the issues I care about don't really appeal necessarily to large, like, baby boober demographic either. And so, like, I don't think it's... I, 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 the, the reason I spend my time on crypto is because I can be, like, I feel like I could be way more effective here. And, like, we are building new governance systems and... um like this is very early, and so that's why I'm spending all my time here. Not that I don't care I feel about more like the politics side this. of things, but it's just um, not enough leverage. Yeah, not enough leverage there. I, so much more leverage to impact the world and improve the world in crypto, in my opinion. But um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Unabomber, World War Three, Civil War. Uh, what else do we talk about? The Matrix. It's all bad. It's all bad, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> is there any bright spot here david did you leave this like a little bit spots? of seeing all this stuff is like okay like there's the taiwan problem there's a creeping and totalitarian problem like you said the word like learned helplessness in the podcast i was like yeah that's kind of like a little bit why i like, got disillusioned with politics it's like wow there are some really hard problems out there you know what i'll do i'll just fuck off and go into crypto like that's <laughs> that's way more fun and easy and like somebody else can deal with those hard problems <laughs> a little bit how i feel yeah yeah no i i i get that Um, but at the same time we also can't escape them you know like um yeah they definitely come for us and like sometimes it's a wake-up call when you're if you're in your crypto bubble when something crazy happens from a macro perspective right like we've had a few of those recently like you know um yeah just like events that can shake everything up right in fact like i mean if you're in crypto and you're in ukraine and then Russia comes and invades your country, right? It's like, I mean, that's real world stuff. This is geopolitics encroaching upon your crypto land. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it it does go back to like something that's, I've been thinking about a lot since our Balaji Network State episode is like, yeah, but at the end of the day, violence is still the settlement layer, isn't it? And as long as they can like Ready Player One style, find you in your trailer and disconnect your virtual device and like physically beat you or put you in uh, a cage right as long as you have meat space 
violence is still going yeah, to be a settlement layer, isn't one. it? Yeah. <laughs> and like, we're not fully uploaded into the metaverse. We're not even close. Nah, I exactly. thought they have to go catch a fight. <laughs> anyway, anything else? Coming on next, yeah. All right. Uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger on the podcast. We're doing this sometime soon, I guess. It's been the debrief. Thanks.